0: Anybody know what's coming? A big sporting event is coming next month. Yeah, the Olympics, and I am excited. I've been watching the trials, the Olympic trials. I watched last night, Brennan and I did, as a 14-year-old boy. Anybody see that? Competed in the platform diving, hoping to get to the Olympics. And I watched a young lady say, I did it because God was here and it was God and I diving together. I love the Olympic Games. It's gonna be held in Tokyo, Japan. The motto, United by Emotion. They're expected to have over 11,000 world-class athletes competing in 33 different sports. So with the Olympics in mind, we entered into this series, Go for Gold. And the purpose is to identify four key components that apply in the sports arena, but also apply to the Christian life now and the Christian life to come. We looked at discipline, Joey did last week when we were on the square. Today we look at confidence. Confidence is defined as the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something, a firm trust. And usually, it's some, that's someone that we trust in, though, ends up being me, ourselves. Listen to some famous sports quotes that showcase what I'm talking about. To be a great champion, you must first believe you are the best. If you're not, pretend like you are, Muhammad Ali. I've always believed that no matter how many shots I miss, I'm going to make the next one. Isaiah Thomas, sometimes the biggest problem is in your head. You've just got to believe, Jack Nicholas. In my mind, I'm always the best. If I walk out onto the court and I think the next person is better, I've already lost, Venus Williams. Confidence is crucial when it comes to going for gold. When you line up for the race and the gun goes off, there's no time, it's no time for hesitation. When you're at the free throw line down by one point with seconds left in the game, there's no room for doubt. When you stand at the end of the high dive and the judges are watching, that's no time to stand there and think, can I really do this? Without confidence, an athlete will never win. We're gonna be looking in the book of Philippians. And if you have your outline there, I printed an outline, and most of the scriptures are on there uh, due to the fact that we have no screen or, or visuals. That becomes your visual as we go through this. We'll be spending our time in Philippians chapter three and in Philippians chapter four. And most of us understand the need and the importance of confidence, but maybe. Just maybe you have a tape that plays in your mind. Maybe it's a tape, and what you hear is the words of a thoughtless teacher from your youth. Maybe that tape plays the words of a critical coach, or perfectionistic parent, or a negative spouse. And as that tape plays in your head, it fills your heart, it fills your mind with inadequacies, and shortcomings, and you're filled with self-doubt. The tape says things like, you're not very attractive. You're not as smart as most people. You don't fit in. You've made too many mistakes in your life. And as you hear those things, whatever they may be, they fill your heart with rejection and worthlessness. Philippians 4.13, Paul says with confidence, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And Paul ran the Christian race with assurance. He faced many hurdles along the way, but he had the confidence that whatever came his way, whatever challenges he met, he would make it. Listen to his determination. Philippians 3.13 and 14. If If you have it on there, let's read that together. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Most of us in the world, most people in the world, when they think of confidence, they put a word in front of it, self, self. The world and everything around us is based on self-confidence. And so I know you know that whole verse, but I want you to imagine that that says, I can do all things, period. Because that's how many people understand what confidence is. Many teachers put more emphasis on self-confidence than they do any other subject. Parents want their kids to be self-confident. We're told ever since we were young that you can be anything you put your mind to. (laughs) You can even be the President of the United States if you desire that. We are pushed to believe in ourselves. There's all sorts of ways that we find confidence within ourselves. And that was true in Paul's day as well. The people were putting their confidence in their heritage, trying to find assurance in good works, in what they accomplished. And so in Philippians chapter 3, Paul puts all that to rest and shows that he could also have confidence in himself, but he chooses otherwise. Philippians 3, 4-6, through six, he says, you think you've got reasons to be confident. Listen to this. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh... I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. He says, I'm faultless. Paul says, I got more reasons than any of you to be confident in myself. But that won't help me in life's greatest challenges. That's not going to help me when my world falls apart. Verse 8, Paul says, he considers all those things that are so impressive to the world to be garbage, to be rubbish, to be trash, because they all fall short. So here's a question that I want you to ask yourself today. Where does my confidence lie? Where does my confidence lie? And be truly honest with yourself when you answer it, because there are a lot of different false measurements out there. One is we put our confidence in our appearance as if we had something to do with the way we look, right? How many of you chose the color of your hair? Oh, yeah, some of you can do that now. (laughs) Some of you can do that at birth. How about that? At birth. Yeah. And that's funny because we can do all kinds of things to change our appearance to make us look better. You know, we can tuck and pull and push everything these days or recreate things. Because we put our hope and our trust and our confidence comes from what we see in the mirror. Think about it. If tomorrow morning, I'm convinced of this, if tomorrow morning everyone in America woke up, looked in the mirror, and liked what they saw, was confident in what they saw, our entire economy would collapse. Think about it. On how much our economy grows and moves because of our appearance and what we want to look like. And I'm all for if the barn needs paint and paint it, right? But that's not where our confidence should come from. Because sooner or later, your measurements are going to start to change. The wrinkles are going to come. The hairs going to go down the drain. And with that, so does your confidence, if that's where your confidence lies. Another false measurement is acquisitions. Some people base their confidence on what they own, how much they have. They tie their self-worth to their net worth. Psychology Today surveyed 20,000 people. 74% agreed that money is how we keep score. That's how we determine our value. But Psalms 20, verse 7 challenges, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Proverbs eleven seven reminds us, Confidence placed in riches comes to nothing. Another common measurement is achievements. Paul points out that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And we set the bar high for ourselves. If I can just clear that bar, then I'm going to be somebody. For the time we're children, we're taught to value. Our value is tied to what we accomplish If I make straight A's, then I'm special. If I score the most points, then I'm going to get the trophy. If I have the right letters behind my name, then I'm more important. If I have the right title, then I'm successful. Confidence from achievements lasts for a little while, but you always have to do more. (laughs) You always have to reach another bar to keep that confidence moving. That's why pro athletes have such a high suicide rate because they reach the top of their profession, and then what? They just can't stop, and when they do, they've lost what their confidence lied in. In the Texas Monthly Magazine, they put an article about Dallas Cowboy, former quarterback Troy Aikman. Aikman tells that after his first Super Bowl win, he didn't go out and party with the rest of the teammates, instead, He went back to his hotel room and he sat there and he reflected back to the time when he was a teenager and he said, I thought all my problems would go away and be solved when I turned 16 and I could finally drive. But there I was, he said, at the top of my profession, at the top of professional football and I found myself in a room alone thinking, now what? now what? Job 9, 23 and 24 says, the Lord says, wise men should not boast of their wisdom, nor strong men of their strength, nor rich men of their wealth. If anyone wants to boast, he should boast in that he knows me, God says. Jeremiah mentions three areas there, intelligence, Physical ability and money. If your confidence, my confidence, comes from our appearance, acquisitions, accomplishments, we will inevitably feel insecure because compared to somebody else, you still haven't made it, right? Psalm 73 says, I nearly lost my confidence because I was jealous, David said. Sometimes I hear someone like Francis Chan speak, when I hear him speak, I often, you know, walk away thinking, I am in the wrong job. I am not even close to that. When that happens, my confidence is not wrapped up in God. It's not based in Jesus Christ within me. It's wrapped up in Jeff. It's based on me. Well, you know the first part, I can do all things, but it doesn't stop there, thank goodness. But the word that focuses on there is I. Someone pointed out there are more than 2,000 self-help books published every year. But that self must not be helping very much because if self really could help self, self wouldn't constantly needing help from self. Keep following me. You can keep asking self for help, but if self can really help, it's not happening. Self is unreliable. Self will disappoint. Self can't change you, forgive you. Self can't give you hope. Self can't save you. If you could find the answers from self-help, then our time would be better spent in Barnes & Noble than in worship. Self needs help from self. not Self needs help not from self, but from a Savior. Self-help is an oxymoron. We can't do all things in ourself. But Paul says, I can do all things through who? Christ, who gives me strength. So it's not through ourselves; it's through Christ that we gain that. Paul says his security was grounded and founded in his relationship with Jesus. Jesus provides us a confidence that's not dependent on winning a gold medal, a confidence that doesn't come from what we see in the mirror or the car that we drive. A confidence he provides doesn't come from self, but it comes from a relationship with him. Paul says in Philippians 3 7 through 9, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of who? Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, as this has nothing to do with what I've done, not my accomplishments, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Paul, again, his confidence, his assurance was found in Christ. And that confidence allowed him to keep running the race even in the midst and during difficult circumstances. He continues in the verse just before, Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.12 says this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul's confidence had nothing to do with his life's circumstances, but everything to do with Jesus Christ. I love the way the Amplify version puts it. Philippians 4.13, it says this, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me, and I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That is, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I think when we're around defeated in life, with our heads down as believers in Jesus Christ, I think it makes God angry. I think it makes God mad. And sometimes I think it even makes God cry. Why? Because it reflects our confidence in him. Remember in the book of Exodus, God calls Moses over to the burning bush. He says, Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my children, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It must have sounded humorous to a shoeless desert shepherd, that challenge, right? Moses had all kinds of questions. Problems that he brought up as to why this wouldn't work. And in an Exodus, it finally says, God's anger burned against Moses. God got angry with him. He got mad at him. In Exodus 3.11, we read, Moses says to God, you remember, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God didn't say, Moses, you can do it. Moses, you're good enough. Moses, you're smart enough. Moses, people like you. He didn't mention anything to Moses about Moses. It was nothing about what Moses could do. And on down when he objects, he says, God, I'm not a good speaker. God says, well, who made your tongue? Who made your tongue? You see, Moses didn't need self-confidence Moses needed God confidence. And there's a big difference. Moses says, Well, who should I tell them that sent me? And God answers, Moses, you tell them I am sent you. You tell them I am sent you. And Moses gained confidence in the great I am. Louis Giglio points out that God's answer for the insecurity Moses faced is all the answer that you and I need to have confidence in life I can't control my addiction who's going to help me I am God says I've had an abortion who's going to give me another chance I am I'm exhausted from raising these kids. Who's gonna give me strength? I am. Another Friday night alone, who's gonna finally choose me? I am. I've been fired from my job, who's gonna provide for me? I am. I've been abused and hurt, who's gonna make things right? I am. My spouse left me, who's gonna be there for me? I am. My world is a mess. Who's going to make sense of it all? I am. The great I am gives you the confidence to make it through all life circumstances. And I want us to reflect on him and the confidence he gives us as the great I am as we sing and we praise him for who he is. Let's stand. Let's sing this together. not only where Moses' confidence lied, but that's where Paul's did. He was able to keep on running. His confidence was based in Jesus Christ. He got past circumstances, but he also got past defeats in his life. He was able to keep on running despite past beliefs. Philippians 3.13, he said, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. That word forget means to erase it, to no longer remember it. The word forget in the Bible means we're, we might remember that, but we're no longer gonna be affected by it. We're no longer gonna be influenced by what has happened in the past. The past is the past. It's behind you, and you run forward with confidence. So when that tape starts to play, Of negative things in your head. You're not good enough. You can't handle it. You're never going to make it. Push the stop button on that tape. And you listen to what God says about you. Allow him to give you the confidence. God says things like, and wants you to hear this about yourself. I gave you a little card. He wants you to hear these things. I am a new creature. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am delivered from the power of darkness. I am strong in the Lord. I am holy and without blame. I am a saint. I am loved with an everlasting love. I am set free. I am the light of the world. I am the righteousness of God. I am God's workmanship. I am one with Christ. I have an everlasting life. I have an abundant life. I have overcome the world. I have the peace of God. I am beloved of God. I am the apple of my father's eye. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious. I am reconciled to God. Stand with me. Let's read these last few together. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am free from condemnation. I am God's child. And then the last part in red, let's read that. That's who I am in Christ. One more time. That's who I am in Christ. And I am who God says I am.